Hi there, it's Kathleen here, and welcome to The Gathering, bringing God into everyday life. Let me encourage you to not just listen, but partner with God and practice what He speaks to you. You can access more information about me, my newspaper articles, upcoming events, contact me, or purchase my book, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief, on my website at www.kathleenmaxwellwamby.com. This podcast is now in 28 countries, and people have donated so that you can listen free. Will you consider paying it forward for someone else by giving a one-time or monthly gift? Simply click the button that says Become a Patron or Patronage at the top of the podcast. And don't forget to click the like or follow, and you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Enjoy the podcast. Well, we are going to talk about love that transforms. I really struggled with the title of this lesson. I didn't know whether to call it love that transforms or to know the Father's love and give it away. And I think either one of those titles kind of depicts what this lesson is about. February is a month when we usually talk about love. We've got Valentine's Day coming up this next week. And we typically think of love or, or try to tell people that are in our lives, um, you know, that we care about them in some fashion. And one of my life statements, if I had to, one time I was interviewed and they said, you know, what's like your life statement? And one of my life statements has been to know the Father's love and give it away. And that wasn't always my life statement. But I'm going to tell you a little story about how that kind of came to be. We're going to talk about the benefits. What is God's love? What are the benefits? Who needs it? And why we should give it away. When I was a little girl, I uh, accepted Jesus when I was 10 years old and pretty much grew up in church. But it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I can tell you that I really began to understand the love of God the Father. For me, I understood Jesus died for my sins and I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. I had seen just the Holy Spirit at work in my life and, and had, you know, experienced that. So that wasn't for me an issue. And, you know, I saw God. I saw him up there. I saw him you know, in my life, but I didn't have that close relationship. And I wasn't confident, if I was gut level honest, that he really loved me. I didn't have any problem telling anybody else that he loved them. But deep down in my heart, there was just like a block. And I'm going to go on with the story. And I didn't really realize where this came from. Um until a series of events happened in my life and I found myself kind of at, at rock bottom. And in that time, I discovered how I had really built up some pretty thick walls. And those walls kept me from getting hurt, but they also kept me from receiving love from other people as well as God. You know, see, God isn't going to push anything on us. He's a gentleman and he offers his love. He tells us about his love over and over in the Bible. It's in there a number of times and he tells us about it. But just like you have a choice to receive that love or not. It's just like if my husband were to walk in right now and he'd reach out, I could either hold his hand or not. You know, I could pull it away or I could, I could receive his love, his affection. And that's the way it is, I feel like, with God. He's always offering, he's always offering that love and he wants us to understand it. And for me, I discovered I had really understood it with a head knowledge, but there was just a big gap between my head and my heart and understanding it in my heart. And so the series of events that happened, my baby got sick with pneumonia. I was having to do breathing treatments. <laughs> breathing treatments which were just horrendous because he fought me with every one of them. It was it was 
had to do them every four hours. Somebody was missing last week because they were doing breathing treatments. Our marriage was, to my late husband, we were in a marriage, our marriage was difficult at that time. And in a series of like eight or nine months, we, and then I lost a very good friend. Our car that we'd only owned 48 hours was stolen, my new Suburban. <laughs> that happened. I had a very good friend that I trusted betray me, and it was crushing. And so after one, one, one thing after another, and there were other things, but it was like something just bam, 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 to where I'd, I didn't quite have time to regroup and catch up. And I was a busy mother of three, and I was running my own business and, you know, dealing with my parents and, and all of this stuff. But after one thing right after another, I found myself just at a place where I would just really sit out in my backyard. And Price, my youngest, would run around. He was about he was about 18 months at that time, and so busy baby, busy boy. And I would sit in the backyard just so I could see him, see where he was and make sure that he didn't, he didn't get into anything. But it was in that place where I would just sit there with the Lord and just try to regroup and heal from all of these things that had happened and that I was dealing with. And in that place, the Lord really began to meet me. And... One of the things uh, that I discovered in my late husband and I were, were trying to work through things and, and I admitted one time, we were teaching a lesson together, but I admitted one time, one of the things in our lesson said, if you do not trust God, you don't understand his love. And because all of these things had happened one right after another, I had to admit, I don't think I really trust you. I mean. All of these things have happened. Where have you been? Why didn't you intervene? Why has this happened to me? Why is all of this going on in my life? And that's what happens, I feel, to a lot of people, is when bad things happen, people blame God or get mad at a person. And, you know, we just live in a fallen world, and bad things happen to good people. They just do, and Christians aren't exempt. We just get to go through them in a better way when we reach out to the Lord. So how I discovered that I had these walls built up, um, there was this woman at church and um, she would come up and that woman would wrap her arms around me like 15 times. It felt like that, literally. She'd just wrap them around me and she would just hug me like that and I would just freeze. I would just freeze. And she worked at a local Christian bookstore there in Kerrville. And I walked in one day and she did, she hugged me like that. And I walked out of the store and I sat there and I was like, Lord, why do I do that? I mean, I really like her. There's no reason for me to not receive her love, but it just, I, I would just like bristle. And it had nothing to do with her. It had everything to do with me. And that's when I felt like the Lord said, you've built up a lot of walls. And he said, I want to take them down. And I said, they need to come down, you know, Lord. And, and I realized that, that part of my problem was really understanding in my heart how much God loved me. And so I think that one of the things, you know, when you really know somebody loves you, it's much easier to trust them. And I would have never guessed that about myself. But some of those, some of those hurts came back to when I was a little girl. And when I was like, where did these come from? Why did this happen? And what, what, what I felt like I, I saw in my life, I saw this picture of myself when I was a little girl and I was overweight and I had to wear these big brown corrective shoes. That's how they corrected things like that. And so I had to wear these big clunky shoes when all the other girls were wearing cute little kids. And I couldn't run that fast, you know, I couldn't do stuff. And then I was teased a lot. And so, you know, there was that part of me that said, I'm not going to let anybody hurt me. Fine. So I kept people out. And, you know, that included even my late husband to a degree. When one time we were with a man and he was praying for us and he said, he said, little lady, he said, he loves you so much. He said, and this was good for him to hear. He said, he just doesn't always know how to show it. 
And he said, but he really does love you. He said, but you don't know how to receive it. And so it really made me, at, all of this was going on at the same time. So there was this part where I was like, okay, Lord, I, I want to understand your love. I want you to heal me. I want to know it. And I'm accepting my responsibility for me. So what is God the Father's love? Well, love is a part of the character of God. That's one of the things I discovered. It's who he is and it's how he describes himself. And 1 John 4, 8 tells us this. Um, it says, whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. So God right there describes, if you've got your Bible, you can turn to that. Over and over in Scripture, he talks about his love. It's mentioned numerous times. I forget the number. Um, but he also addresses us in his word as his beloved, which the word beloved means much loved. It means much loved. In 1 John 4, 19, that's another scripture I want to read to you. It says, we love because he first loved us. So our understanding God's love is realizing that we were loved first. It was God's idea. Love was his idea. And our ability to love others well is based on us receiving God's love. You know, you can't give away something that you haven't received yourself. And so that is something, you know, God is, is loving us all the time. We just need to respond to that love. And one of my things, favorite things to do, and those of you that have been here before have heard me say this, but is in, the, in my quiet time in the morning when I'm having my coffee and is just to sit and just tell the Lord that I love him. And I, I just even say, Lord, I open my heart to receive your love. Just come fill me with your love. Fill me with an awareness of your presence. And even during the day, as I drive down the road or I'm doing whatever, I try to take a little bit of time to just turn my heart and my attention to the Lord and say, you know, Lord, I love you. And, and open my heart to receive more of your love. It's just like I tell my husband, you know, we talk on the phone sometimes during the day and I, you know, frequently say, you know, I love you or I'll send him a text. We all like to, to be loved, but giving that love away. And I think there's a deeper level that God wants to take us to in understanding his love. So the second thing about God's love under what is the father's love is it's unconditional. That means you can't earn it. You can't earn it. And the best example I can think about that is my kids and my grandkids. Um, I have three biological kids and two bonus kids. And, you know, when I had my first baby and they put him in my arms, that baby had not done one thing but cry. One thing but cry and kick me for, you know, what the five months I could feel him kick or whatever, but I just loved him. I remember looking at him and just thinking this overwhelming love for him came about. And I also remember thinking, now what do I do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Because it's like they don't come with a manual or instruction guide. But that love is just an unconditional love. That baby did nothing to earn my love. He just was. And that's the way God feels about you and he feels about me. You know, another lie I had believed, and here's the thing, Satan loves to come lie to us. The Bible tells us he's the father of lies. And one of the things I had grown up thinking was, okay, when I do right, I'm loved. And when I don't, I'm not. Because my dad, good godly man, but my dad, whenever he would, I would misbehave or do something wrong, he would withdraw his love from me. And I would usually spend a day or two trying to earn myself back into his good graces. And so therefore, that became my perception of God the Father. Do you see where I'm going with this? Sometimes those things can really shape our viewpoint because I'm a little girl. 
I'm a little girl, and so that's that's what you know. I I a lie that I had believed. Okay, I'm loved when I'm good, and I'm not loved when I'm when I'm not. And so one of the things I want you to live with today is go to the Lord and ask the Lord to erase any lies you may have believed about Him or about how you're loved. Because Satan is the father of lies and he loves to kill, steal, and destroy. And he loves to rob us from that. And there's so much that the Bible does have to say about how much God loves us. In fact, Romans 8.37 says, For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither present or future, or any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Right there, it's in black and white. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate you from God's love. And sometimes what happens is we sin, we mess up, and so because of that sin, we hold God at an arm's length because we feel guilty. When all the time God is just saying, come here, just repent. I want to help you with that. I want to fix it. I want to fix it. That's how a loving father is. He wants to help us. And that's why, you know, I, I am so big on practicing, practicing the word because we're all going to mess up. Okay, we're human beings. We're going to fail. Our heart might be to not mess up. How many of you have ever done something and you're like, Oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. You know, but you did. We're just going to sometimes trip up and mess up. But the important thing is to not distance ourselves from God loving us. Run to Him because He's the very one that can help us in overcoming. And I heard something once, and I thought, that's mine. I am taking it. I'm taking it to the bank, putting it in my emotional account. It says, you're never a failure. You might want to write this down. You're never a failure unless you fail to see God's love for you. You're never a failure unless you fail to see God's love for you. And what I did frequently is, in fact, that man that I was talking about that prayed for me, he said, he looked at me as he was praying for us. He said, you don't need a devil to attack. You attack yourself. And I was like, oh, man, he just read my mail because that was true. I hated to make a mistake. I hated to. And so when I did, I felt like such a failure. And so I was putting my own self in bondage. And when I realized that and I began to understand the love of God, my life began to totally turn around and transform. So then third thing about God's love um, about what is the Father's love, is it's everlasting. Jeremiah 31, verse 3, it says, and this is one of my life verses. If you've gone on my website, it's at the bottom of my website. When the guy was working with me, he said, what do you want? Do you want a scripture at the bottom of your website? I said, yep. He said, do you know? He said, you just need to get back with me. I said, no, I can already tell you what it is. It's Jeremiah 31, 3, which says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Love that scripture. It's a powerful scripture. And I'll tell you when God gave that to me. I was having a rough day. I was having a rough few months. I was having a rough time. At that time, I was a gymnastics coach. I, well, I actually sold my business, but I taught some private lessons. And um, I was substituting for some reason for somebody's class. And I'd sold my business, but I was still kind of helping the new owner. And this little four-year-old girl came running in, and she said, Miss Kathleen, Miss Kathleen, I made you a valentine. I said, you did? And she handed it to me, and it said, Jeremiah 31, verse 3, For I have loved you with an everlasting love, and with loving kindness I have drawn, drawn you. And when I saw that valentine, I had to choke back the tears because I knew God was using that four-year-old little girl to speak directly to my heart. And it just brought great healing. God is so intentional. So um, the 
Fourth thing, God's love is unfailing. What is the Father's love? It's unfailing. Psalm 147, verse 11. And again, I encourage you to look up all these scriptures. All these scriptures are written at the top of your notes and in your processing questions. Take these home and read them. But 147, verse 11 says, The Lord delights in those who fear Him, who put their hope in His unfailing love. So right there, it tells us that God's love is unfailing. The fifth thing, His love is unshakable. Isaiah 54 verse 10 tells us, it says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. It won't be shaken. There's nothing that can shake it. The earthquake can come. And, and I'll tell you what is so, I think, important. Once you understand how much God loves you, it doesn't matter what you go through in life, somehow you know you're going to be okay. And that was what was transformed in me. Somehow, someway, you know because you understand that great, great love that He has. The benefits of God's love. Let's talk about that. What are some of the benefits? Well, I'll tell you the best benefit, they're all good, but uh, the best benefit, I think, is it's really the only thing we can depend on in life. And it's a source of our security. It is the only thing. People are in and out of our life. Money may come and it may go. But His love is really the only thing you can depend on. And 1 John 4.10 says, And we know and rely on the love God has for us. My question is, do you know in your heart and do you rely on His love? You know, we'll have people let us down, business situations come and go. We've got you know, COVID, we've got all sorts of crazy things going on. But in that, we can rest in God's love. And I remember when my late husband was diagnosed with cancer and we went and they said, you know, only two in a million have this cancer. And so really, we don't know how to fight it effectively. And he was already advanced stage three when we discovered it. And I remember walking out of that because my whole world was shaking at that point. And I just had to, as I was trying to breathe and catch my breath, thank God I was secure in His love at that point. And I thought, I don't know how this is going to come out. But I do know, God, you're always going to be with me. That's about all I know right now is that your love is something I can rely on. Um, because I knew that we were in for a real, a real battle. Um, the next thing about a benefit of God's love is it's a weapon against fear. It's a weapon against fear. 1 John 4.18 tells us, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears has not been made perfect in love. And the beauty about this is whenever I find that I am afraid in a situation, whenever there is something that I am afraid in, it's a little noisy. Um, when I find that I'm afraid, I just turn my heart to the Lord and say, Lord, okay, I feel fear coming on. And I, I, know I want a greater revelation of your love for me. Lord, I need more of your love for me. So fear is, fear is, and we'll talk about next week's lesson is freedom from fear. But what I have discovered in my life, and now I'll tell you more about how God set me free of fear. Um, but Understanding God's love and asking God for a greater revelation of His love 
is a weapon that we can use against fear because it says the one who fears has not been made perfect in love. And so when I'm afraid, I can just turn my heart to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, I just need a greater revelation of your love. And I'll tell you, it kind of quiets my heart down. You know, it just really does. It's kind of like as a mom or a grandmother, you pick up your kids and you're saying, it's okay. It's okay. It's like I feel the Lord saying, it's okay. I'm here. I'm here. So I give you that. And we'll talk more about that next week. But I love John, 1 John 4, 18, because it says there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. The third thing that I have seen that is a benefit of God's love is it's a weapon or a tool we can use against when we have those irregular people in our lives. Anybody have some of those irregular people? They're just some people that are a little bit harder to get along with or love in your life. Am I the only one? No? Okay, y'all. Okay. I'm glad that some of you have some just people that um, my phrase is, gotta love them. Just gotta love them. You know, there are times I'll get off the phone, I'm like, gotta love them. Okay, which means I have to take responsibility for finding that love. And I'll tell you what's freeing about that is this is the girl that will say, Lord, I'm not feeling the love right now. I need you to give me your love in your heart for that person. Because right now they're a thorn in the flesh. Okay, I'm just telling you, just telling you the truth. We all have those people that kind of rub us wrong, you know, or just are more abrasive or harder to get along with, or we never do anything right for them. And in those situations, that's my go-to prayer. Lord, I need you to give me your love for this person. And it saved me because I would get so frustrated with myself because I just didn't love them. No, I just need to ask God to help me. Okay, so that's the cool thing. Um, it is a great, great tool that we have because God will give you his heart for people. And I was in a situation, this is just a few weeks ago, but something happened and I was like, Lord, I really need to see this person the way you see them because I, here's what I see, you know? <laughs> and the Lord did. It was like he showed me some hurts. He showed me some things this person had been through. Just, and, and it gave me a compassion that I did not have. And it helped me deal more gently and more in a loving way. So it's a great, it's a great weapon. Love is a weapon. So how do we begin to know the, know the Father's love. How do we begin to know this? Well, the first thing is to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And I'm going to take you to 1 John 4.10. If you want to look at your Bibles um, with that or take it home and, and look at it, it says, For this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So right there, to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ begins with acknowledging, number one, that we need a Savior. We need a sacrifice. And Jesus hung on the cross and was a sacrifice for us to forgive us of our sins. And it's as simple as just saying, Lord, I need you and invite you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Now teach me more about you. If you've never done that, I'd be happy to pray with you sometime um, or talk to you further about it. But that's how we begin to know the Father's love, God the Father. The second thing is, I think, to choose as an act of our will to believe He loves us. And what I mean by that is your will is a strong thing. And you might be sitting there saying, okay, Lord, I hear all of this, but I'm not sure that I really believe in my heart. I would encourage you to make that choice. God, I choose to believe this because your word says it. Your word says it. Look up these scriptures yourself, but you can choose to believe it. You can exercise your will and ask God for a revelation of his love. 
And that's where I think it begins to move from our head to our heart. See, I had to make a choice, you know, when I realized that I trust, I didn't really trust God and it was because I didn't understand. I needed more understanding in my heart. I had a lot of scriptures in my head, but I had to really make that active choice to really believe that for me, for me, not just other people. And then I think what was important is if you're sitting there and you say, hey man, I think I really do see some, I see some walls that I've erected in my life. Ask the Lord to remove those walls. I would encourage you to, to take some time and go to the Lord and say, Lord, are there ways, are there walls that I have put up between you and me? Are there walls that I've put away, put up between me and others? And Lord, I just ask you to remove those walls so I can receive your love and give it away. You know, I think one of the best things, and those of you that know me very well, um, one of the neatest things is when I was talking about the woman that would just love me and hug me, I was not a hugger. But as God showed me more and more, I am a hugger. If you stand still, yeah, I'm a real hugger now. I can't wait to hug people. COVID has really cramped my style, you know, because I'm like, oh, I don't know. I really want to hug them, you know, I don't know, because you want to honor people. But um, I am a hugger, and that was not me. That was not me 30 years ago. Not me at all. So that's changed. And that's what is the beauty of as we understand more of the love of God, then, we, then we're able to give it more away. Um. I think, you know, that going back, well, number three, as we were talking about just um, how do we begin to know the Father's love, is I think that we ask God to open our eyes to see His love. I think so many times we've had, there have been disappointments in our life, and when disappointments come, I think there's, that can be blinders from seeing how God really is loving us. Case in point, when I was widowed, I felt like my life was over. I, you know, I'd lost, I'd lost my best friend. I'd lost my lover. I'd lost the father of my children. I'd lost, I'd lost so much. And I really had to wrestle with those feelings of not feeling, feeling like my life was over. But just not feeling loved. And I asked the Lord, I said, open my eyes to see how you're loving me. Open your, open my eyes to see that. And I got a card in the mail about a couple of days after I prayed that. And this woman sent me this um, card and it said, I know three things. You are stronger than you imagined. Jesus is closer than you realize and you are loved more than you'll ever know. And even though a woman sent that, I knew that was from God, that he was speaking to me about how much he loved me. And um, then not long after that, it seemed like, because I'm like, Lord, open my eyes. That was pretty cool. You know, I can see it now. And I remember showing, I remember coming home from work and I was working long hours at that time um, and working with women that were in crisis situations. And I came home, I was tired, I was exhausted. And I thought, what's that on my front porch? You know, and I pulled into my garage and went and opened the front door and looked. And there were just some, this big, beautiful sunflowers that were on my front porch and a card. And I, to this day, don't know who sent them and just said, just want you to know I'm thinking about you and love you. And God used different people to be his hands and feet. And I want to encourage you, as you understand God's love, be sensitive to his spirit, to his Holy Spirit, because he wants to speak to you. And he wants to use you to help him love other people. So you might be that person that puts sunflowers on somebody's front door or sends a valentine to somebody, maybe a widow that you, that you know. Look for ways because God, as we understand more of his love, 
then he wants us to give it away to others. So who needs God's love and why should we love others? Well, number one, we all have a God-given need to be loved. It's the way he created us. It's the way he created us. Our neighbors need it. Our family needs it. You know, our in-laws, our outlaws need it. All of those people in our lives need it. And God wants to use you and me to be his vessels. But all of us do have a need to be loved. The key is, I think way too many times people look, and I've been guilty of this, look to other people to fill that need in their life versus God. And God's the one true person that can give us love. He can, you know, just like some of the stories I'm telling you, I'm not that special. He'll do it for you, just like he's done it for me. Ask him. Get that ongoing relationship with him. Number two, love is a commandment. So why do we need to love others? And who needs God's love? Well, number one, he said so. It's a commandment. 1 John 4.20 says, Whoever claims to love God and yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. It's a commandment. And that's where I got the gotta love them. <laughs> gotta love them. That's where I got that. Because it's a choice. It's a choice. And there's there are times when we have to step back and say, God, give me your love for this person. Change my heart. So and that's, you know, no condemnation. If you don't feel love for somebody in particular, maybe they've abused you, maybe they've hurt you, maybe, you know, the list could go on. But ask God to give you his heart. Ask, you to, ask him to give you his heart. You know, the people that need love the most often ask for it in the most unkind ways and are often the most difficult to love the people who need it the most. They can be people that lash out at us and sometimes be cruel or rude. And it usually has nothing to do with us. I felt like one day God said, you take things way too personally. It's like I do. Because yeah, that had, you know, and, and I was talking to him about a situation that had just happened. He said, that has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with what's going on in their life. It's like, okay. Okay. All right. So, number three, who needs God's love and why should we love others? Well, love always wins. It keeps our heart right regardless of the other person. And sometimes I think the big key is forgiveness. There was a situation that happened. It was a family situation. And um, it was tough. It was tough. I totally got blamed for something that I didn't do. But to try to defend myself would have uncovered somebody else, and I wasn't going to do it. And I was having to take I was having to take some stuff, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, Lord, you've really got to help me. You've really got to help me." And one of the things God showed me is he said, "You need to forgive that person because what they did was wrong. I agree." but you need to forgive them in order to love them. And so I think that those things go key, that they go tandem. Um, I do have a podcast that is The Power of Forgiveness. We taught on that last session. But um, anyway, you might want to check that out. So true love gives without expecting anything in return. True love gives without expecting anything in return. And yes, when we love others, I'm not gonna lie to you, our love can be rejected. It can be. You just think of all the people that rejected Jesus and he was laying down his life, laying down his life for all mankind. So if he was rejected, you're gonna be rejected at times. It's just. That's just life here on earth. 
as we know it. Perfect will come when we go to heaven, but right now, that's just it. And one of my other mantras in life, and it came through, you know, I'm telling you different seasons of my life, was I heard the phrase, I am what I love, not what loves me. And I want you to write that down because you you'll have to think about it. I am what I love, not what loves me. So many times we love and we, we try to do it. Um, we try to do it conditionally, and yet God's love for us is unconditional. It's unconditional. And true love gives without expecting anything in return. And so in those situations where I've dealt with difficult people in my life, one of the things that I remind myself of is I am what I love, not what loves me. Have you just ever had somebody and they're just kind of rude to you and you're like, what did I do? You know, I mean, you just tried to be kind or you keep reaching out and they never reciprocate, never reciprocate. And <laughs> there was a situation and, and I was telling my husband, I said, you know, I speak to this woman all the time and she never speaks back. And, you know, I see her frequently and I said, I don't know. I said, just, it's just strange. And my husband said, well, I had to fire her husband years ago. Well, it had nothing to do with me. I wasn't even in his life, but apparently she's still carrying an offense from something that I really didn't have anything to do with. But again, I am what I love, not what loves me. So I'm going to keep speaking to her. I'm going to keep being nice. Anyway, but love is the very foundation of God's personality. And so I want to ask you, is it the foundation of your personality? Is it the very foundation of your personality? Um, I told my kids, we were talking, because we've had these conversations. They've lost their dad. And, you know, so we've talked about death. And, you know, and I said, you know, when I'm gone, I hope all people say is she loved well. You know, that's what I want to be known for, is loving well. I'm not perfect, but it is the heart, my heart cry is to be to love others well. And, you know, it tells us in Matthew 5, verses 43 through 48, it tells us, here's what Jesus says about some of those difficult people in our lives to, to love. It says, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Not even the tax collectors are, are not even the tax collectors doing that. But if you greet only the people, if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Don't pagans greet other people? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And that word perfect means mature. And the Bible right there was telling us about loving our enemies. Loving our enemies. And that's tough. That's when the rubber meets the road, I think, in our Christianity. Because we have to go back to the Lord and again ask Him, Lord, give me your heart for this person. And number four, number four, God, I feel like, wants to use you and me to show others His love. He wants to use us to show others His love. We may never know how just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, how He'll use us. I remember one time we were, <clears throat> we were standing in church, and we were singing and having worship, and um, there was a man in front of me big man and we just walked in and sat down and didn't know him and um, as we we're seeing it I just felt like the Lord said he really needs to know how much I love him I was like okay Lord show that man how much you love him and the Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder he goes I want you to tell him <laughs> okay all right I don't know him okay and so 
anyway, when there was a pause and, and there was, um, um, you know, like there was a pause in the service and they said, greet, you know, greet your neighbor around you or whatever. This man turned around and I said, hi, my name is Kathleen. And I said, this may sound really, really strange and I may be stepping out, but I said, God really wants you to know how much he loves you. And that big man is over six foot two. That big man just began tears, began to stream down his face. And I just looked at him, and Stephen was right there with me, and I looked at Stephen, I said, we're going to pray for him. And Stephen's like, uh-huh. <laughs> so we reach out, and, and I begin to just pray for the Lord to just wash over him and show him how much he was loved. And he just looked at me, and all he said is, you don't know how much I needed to hear that. To this day, I don't know what was going on in his life. I don't have to do that. I just have to be obedient to what God tells me to do. Number five, God always thinks and acts in love. 1 Peter 4, 8. I'll say that again. God always thinks, talks, and acts out of a heart of love. 1 Peter 4, 8 tells us, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. I want to close with 1 Corinthians, um, or as we're wrapping up, 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 is called the love chapter in the Bible. Um, it's, it's called the love chapter, and it talks all about love. You'll frequently hear it sometimes at weddings and other things. And one time I was taking a course, a Bible study, and... We were studying 1 Corinthians 13, and we had to read it and reread it and reread it and reread it and reread it, and then we had to put it into our own words. And so I'm going to read to you. Um, I encourage you to go home and read 1 Corinthians 13, but I'm going to read to you what I wrote as I put it in my own language of what 1 Corinthians 13 meant to me. And you've got a copy of that in your um, take-home notes. Um, and I've got several articles. I copied three or four articles. I had a hard time choosing because I've written a lot about the love of God. But I encourage you to, to read through some of those um, articles in 1 Corinthians 13. You can read along with me because you've got a copy if you want to. If I am a wonderful, eloquent speaker but does not speak with kindness and a heart of love. I miss the drumbeat, and all my notes are sharp and flat. If I am smart, educated, and can see into the future, and if I believe in God so much I could move Mount Everest, but do not daily love others, I might as well go back to bed and forget the day. If I am generous and give to the poor, if I sacrifice my body for others but do not do it with the right motive, I've wasted my time and money. Real love never gets in a hurry. It waits and doesn't push others. Selfless love is gentle and looks for what it can give. Mature love makes others feel more important than oneself. It makes others feel valuable and important and wanted and does not have a high opinion of oneself. A person walking in love walks in humility. Love is not sarcastic and it doesn't put others down. It always looks for the best in others and sees the good in them. And getting angry is the exception, not the rule. Love does not keep remembering when others hurt them. It makes a conscious effort to put the hurt and bad memories behind them. Love does not go around telling of others' failures. It covers their failures. Love tells the truth. Love does not ever quit. It believes and looks for the best in others. 
Love always has hope for others and endures the roughest seas and the hottest deserts to make the relationship a good one. Love will help you win the race every time. You can lose your ability to do your talent. You can forget the things you've studied for years. None of us know everything and we need each other. When I was young, I could get by being immature and unforgiving and mad at others, but it's time to grow up. At the end of the day, three things hang around, faith, hope, and love but you will be a winner in the eyes of God when you walk in love. Love is all that matters. So read 1 Corinthians 13. That's just, that's just my rendition of it because that's what God was showing me as I was spending a lot of time in that passage. To close, I just want to challenge you to open your heart to God each day. Tell Him how much you love Him. And ask Him to open your eyes to see His love for you. And I want to encourage you to begin telling those around you how much you love them. And if it's hard to say, ask God to change your heart. You know, your kids need to hear it. Your husband needs to hear it. Your family needs to hear it. Your friends need to hear it. And maybe even a random stranger sometime needs to hear that they're loved. When we love, we look like Jesus, and we'll be a powerful force here on earth to be reckoned with. And I want to just pray as we close. Father, I thank you so, so much for your great, great love. I thank you for loving us, for the sacrifice that you loved us first. And Lord, let us respond, Lord, to that love and receive your love. Father, so it'll fill us and that we can give it away to a world that is around us. Lord, there's so many that need your love. They need that hope. They need that security. And so I pray for a new security, Lord, to come into each of our hearts as we open our hearts to your love and receive it. And Father, move our understanding from our head down deep into our heart. I ask for a fresh revelation of your love for each one listening. In Jesus' name, amen.